there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? What's up? Welcome into the Orange Zone podcast. Like and subscribe here at the CMY Central page. We are your place for all things Syracuse sports. I'm Tommy Sladek, James Mungro, Samantha Croston, and Brandon Hodges on the producer mic. As always, here we are. Just two games left in the regular season for Syracuse football. But we do want to uh, talk about some just tragic news in the ACC and something that's so close to home for a school that was literally just here in, in the Dome not too long ago. Three University of Virginia football players killed on campus on Sunday. Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., and Deshaun Perry. Um, I mean, these guys are right here. They're lost. Dino Baber saying in his press conference on Monday, quote, we have coaches that know those players, and they have been fielding phone calls and stuff like that, referring to Robert and I and Jason Beck, who were just there for, for multiple years. So it's a disturbing time, and once again, it puts us back into what's truly important, family and football, and putting those things into perspective. So um, just a, a tough day, and, and I know it's not – there's nothing fun about this content, but it's important we talk about it. Yeah, it's you know, it's uh, you know, your hearts and prayers go out for the team and the family members that uh, lost these uh, young men, uh, student athletes. Uh, you know, that had bright futures ahead of them, and mm-hmm. unfortunately uh, ended short. But um, you know, uh, you know, the, the team and the psychologists and stuff like that hopefully uh, will give the support they need uh, to get through this uh, terrible uh, tragedy. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean to echo what what James said. I of course you know give my condolences to the Virginia football family, the Syracuse football family, and everyone else who has been impacted by this tragedy. And, you know, the fact that Coach Dino Babers um, sends out that message that it impacts all of us, I appreciate that because this is violence and it does impact all of us. So my thoughts and prayers go out. Yeah, well, thank you both. Moving forward here, Wake Forest week for Syracuse football. And I want to open it up with this, guys, because as much as it feels like Syracuse is in this own world, own situation of its own, I just want to start with some shocking similarities between these two teams we're about to see face on Saturday. You guys ready? We're ready. As ever. Wake started the season 6-1, and one, ranked. They're now 6-4. and four. Syracuse starts 6-0. and oh. Well, technically 6-1 and one as well. They're now 6-4. and four. Wake Forest is 10-19 in in November in the Dave Clawson era. Syracuse, 8-19 in November in the Dino Babers era. They haven't won a game in this month in three years. Okay. That's strange. That's odd. And I did not expect in mid-October that we'd be talking about two 6-4 and teams that are in this very similar situation it's odd. It really is. And we'll be getting to that. It's an 8 o'clock start on Saturday. And coming up on the podcast, we'll be, again, breaking down this game, doing a bit of a recap of that Florida State or that Florida State game that a lot of Syracuse fans want to forget. We have previews. We have predictions. We have trivia. little hoops talk at the end. little Colts talk at the end. 
Jeff Saturday getting the W. But I'll open up to, to you guys after that 38-3 blowout loss. Immediate thoughts. Haven't had a few days to sit on it, let it marinate. Marinate. What are you thinking, James? Well, last week I said we were hitting the panic button. We're in a full-fledged panic attack. Like it's. Yeah. Um, Do you need a brand new button this week? <laughs> like something bigger. The button is broken. The button is broken. Um, Syracuse has to really just focus on themselves and get it, go back to the basic stuff. Um, you know, the, you know, starting the season off six and uh, six and zero oh was tremendous, mm. but it's about to finish, and um, we're not seeing that at all. And unfortunately, we're going really the opposite way, the way we would, would like to be at at this time. Um, the running game ain't there. Passing game's not there. I mean, we're not generating no yards at all on offense. Um, other teams are just running the ball on us. Yeah. I mean, it's very simple. The button. It is a different level of panic. And and what you say about focusing on themselves, it's a good point because it, it doesn't matter the opponent. You're not going to win against anyone putting up three points. You're not going to win against most people putting up nine points. Offensively, there is a breakdown happening. And I thought that a big part of the reason why was because Garrett Schrader wasn't in. But Garrett Schrader was in this time around. Now, as we've previously discussed, do I think that he was fully healthy? No. I think that he has more to give. And hopefully we'll see that in the, in the few weeks that are left here in this season. But offensively in this, in this previous game, SU was 1 for 11 on that's third a, downs. That's un- unbelievable. That, that, that's that there. You never win a game 1, one with 11. I mean – that's, I mean, that should, that should be the focus point. That and penalties. And penalties. <laughs> penalties. Ten it's penalties like, in this game. That's the third time yeah. that's, that this has happened this season, and it was at home. And, again, you're traveling, you're going away, there's going to be crowd noise, there's things to deal with. This is an internal problem. It is so much less about the opponent at this point, and it is so much more about figuring out a way to not end this season 6-6, six and six, or worse, 6-7. Six and seven. Both that are legitimately possible. And the third downs was an issue coming into it. I believe they were ranked 10th in the ACC in third down conversion around maybe like 35% give and take. If, uh, if I have that number wrong, let us know in the, in the comments section. But they didn't even come close to that. Like one for 11, just brutal. And the, the three and out stretches, end, end of the day, it's just everything is going to start hurting around it when – when you just can't get any type of momentum going. And talking about this defense that came in still the number one overall team defense in the ACC, this was the first one, and the, the main difference in that pick game is we didn't see the offense in the pick game, but the defense was keeping them in it. The fact that it was still somewhat close in that fourth quarter was shocking. This one, this one just felt different where it, this was the first time I think that you could really say to yourself that defense got absolutely just – you well, blown to smithereens. Well, I mean, you gotta give, you gotta you know give the defense some help, mm-hmm. and that's converting on third down. Sure. I mean, they're back on the field right after you know three and out, three and out. I mean, you have to give them some help. So the defense is gonna get tired. I mean, I, this is this is not a defensive problem. This is an offensive problem. Um, and I, I mean, there's something big going on. I mean, I don't know what it is, but for a team to go in such a slump the way it is right now, and uh, been playing very you know getting better every single week. And now it's the complete opposite. They're getting mm-hmm. worse every week. I mean, the, the stats got worse from Pittsburgh uh, to Florida State. Yes. Now, it, it's, it's, we'll talk about the predictions later, but. <laughs> <laughs> worse and worse and worse. It's, it's not looking good. It's not looking no. good. And they need to turn something around. Um, 
you know, last time uh, Coach Baber said, you know, the reason why we're winning is the seniors. You know, the seniors have turned it around and has everybody believing into the system. And, you know, he tipped his hat, tipped his, uh, hat off to the seniors. And, I mean, what do you say now to the seniors? You know, they're, we're on a losing streak. Mm-hmm. Like, where are the seniors at? Where's the leadership at? No, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I want to correct one thing. SU's 10 penalties against the Seminoles. That was actually the fourth time this year that's happened. So just to clarify that. But honestly, I agree with Tommy that the defense also has a role to play here. All of a sudden, you know, maybe a couple of games ago, I was thinking this is more of an offensive problem. But in the last three of their four outings, the SU defense has given up 230-plus yards. And this is a group, the mob, that was being nominated for awards in the beginning of the season. So it really seems like on all cylinders – there's a breakdown. Yeah. Well, you know, you also got to remember beginning of the season, you know, Connecticut. I mean, we, 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 I mean, we, we destroyed them. You know. Yeah. But there uh, were other t- games that could have went a different way. I thought in that six-game winning stretch. What's interesting is we 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 talked early on about how the, it felt like for the first time in a while, like when the when the injuries were starting to pile up on defense, that they were still able to able to hold their own. Right. It feels like that that buffer has been broken right now. Yes. Um, and, you know, the the guys we spoke with on Tuesday, Deuce Chestnut, Caleb Okachukwu, uh, alluded to that where they're like, it's it's starting with just they're not able to break that barrier there in the trenches. They're not winning that battle. And it's it's and when you're not doing that in a, in a, in a 3-3-5 defense, it's just going to be a ripple effect down the line. And... You talk about it where it's just that inability to to stop the run. You also had Deuce and uh, you know young guys like Jeremiah Wilson making some uncharacteristic missed tackles that literally resulted in touchdowns. They're tired, tired, <laughs> they're tired. And a part of that is it's. But when teams know that they can just run it down the throat, yeah. you're going to have some issues. And when you're doing that on top of a team that is out there all the time because the yeah. offense is doing three and outs, it doesn't create for a good situation. And that's that's the game yeah. plan of a running team. Just mm-hmm. keep wearing them down, wearing them down, and break them down mentally. And the, the other, uh, you know, Pittsburgh and Florida State has done that to Syracuse defense. They broke them down mentally, and they just keep running the ball on them. I mean, why not do it? If you, if you can't stop it, keep doing it. And here it was, I thought we had an offense that could do that to other teams as well. And that's not been happening. Well, right. So now not to mention we're on this losing streak. There are now a couple of different additional problems that you're facing. First of all, you bring it up. There's a mental challenge here. There's a Mm. mental component. The further down you get, the further down we get down this stretch where they're still losing, it's tough to come back from that. Even, you know, as a senior leader, there are different conversations that are happening behind closed doors where you have to make sure that everyone is still on the same page because the same conversations we're having about it could be six and six, it could be a six and seven season. They know that that's a possibility too. Not to mention now, since there have been teams that have been successful, there's this successful game plan that you can use going up against Syracuse yes. that other opponents know can work moving forward. And I have a great soundbite from Caleb that bounces off that perfectly in terms of what's, what's the message they need to finish. And it's unfortunately something that they've been saying for a few weeks now. I think the message is uh, to finish. You know, it's, it's definitely you know, we're like we had like we have lost a lot of depth this year. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of youth have played, and uh, it's definitely tough on them being their first year. But you know, but one day they're going to be the ones leading it. So it's getting them ready for it, the future right now. And turning attention over to the offense, Sean Tucker, 14 carries, 52 yards, better than Pitt, that's for sure. So there were there were some encouraging runs. He had one, I believe, that broke out for for 16 yards. That was the one we it felt like we saw four times a game last year. Uh, but at the end of the day, they just we talk about those penalties hurting. 
they hurt the most when he was breaking free for some big runs. And I, I know that that frustrated him, but he also had Aranda Gaston still just one catch. And then Garrett, six for 16, 65 yards, 10 carries minus two yards. So he actually tried to run a bit in the RPO. It wasn't there. Um, 160 total yards of offense. It was just, it was just a mess. And I don't know if there's much more we can break down for that. You, you really, you really can't. I mean, you, you can't win a Division One football game mm-hmm. with those type of stats. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, with Tucker, um, Gats and one, one reception. I mean, that's your best receiver. Yeah. One reception, a quarterback going through 65 yards in a game, a college Division One game. Like, come on. Now. You got to get better. You got to get better or make changes. You got to do something because, uh, you know, they started out strong. Everybody was really all hyped up with what's going on. Now uh, we're potentially could finish six and six mm-hmm. and, and not go to a bowl game. That's, it's possible. That's, that's a very disappointing season. Now. Yeah. Well, and, and that's honestly, I think my last note on it is now you look ahead to what's coming up. And I think there's a lot more at stake now and a lot more on the line because, again, we've had these conversations about in the beginning of this season, a lot of people probably would have said, I think they'll finish the regular season around 6-6, six and six, but no one would have thought it would be this way Yes. and feel this disappointing. And no matter what, if they lose out this season, it's going to feel disappointing and it's 100%. going to feel like a failure. Oh, uh, Yes, I mean the the, the students. Are gonna, I mean the athlete, the students are going to be really upset. I mean, you know, they went out there and you practice so hard. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of. Uh, uh, I saw the. I don't know if you guys seen um, uh, Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Very emotional about it. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, you you work so hard and for for it to go go down a drain so quickly, it, it hurts. It, it hurts. And I, you know, I, you know, people's given, you know, the quarterback shouldn't be crying like that, but that's good emotion because he wants to win. And people don't realize what a student athlete has to do throughout the whole year. I mean, yes, they're playing football, but they also have academics and everything else to do. I mean, we're all student athletes. Except for Tommy wasn't playing sports really, but I was until <laughs> until high school. Samantha was, was was the star, you know. But um, it, it's just it breaks you down emotionally, psychologically. I mean, you start so strong, and then the finish ain't there. I mean, it's all about the finish. In any sport, it's about the finish. Right. Anything in life is about the finish. Well, right? Yeah, it's not <laughs> just sports. I mean, yeah, it's, anything it's in life, life is about the finish. Anything with a strong start yes. and then a slow finish, it's just going to feel like a disappointment. Yes. It's a fact. But it does feel like the conversation, because I know we've s- spoken about it before, and I've asked you both this before, is you know, how do you snap a losing streak? But this, is, this feels different when things are, are truly on – in that graph, just down, 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 down to where it's four games now. Have either of you experienced that type of skid, and and how do you get out of it? Because it, it's starting to feel different than just a you know one in which they keep losing, but they're losing by that touchdown, or they're just missing to where it just feels like they've lost their entire mojo. It, you know, I was thinking back, and I was thinking about through all the sports I've played of you know having a good start and then and then just totally going down the drain. Uh, I never. I don't think I've ever been on a team that started so good and then just went down the drain. Like I just, I just <laughs> never been on a team like that before yeah. in, in any sport. Um, you know, I've always been a good. I've always want to get better each week. Like each week, learn something, get better. It can be very small. You know, one less penalty, but get better each week. That's the whole thing about with any sports. It's each week get better. Mm-hmm. If you don't get better, then you're staying the same. I. I mean, I agree with that. I. I don't think I've ever been on a team. I'd have to think back on that as far as losing four games or more in a row. But I think about like a single game 
And I've definitely let in four or more goals in a single stretch. And I really do feel like once you get to that place, it's interesting because this has been their motto the whole year. But part of me feels like the only way to get back out of that is to go back to the mindset of one and oh. Because if not, it's just so hard not to think about everything that has already happened, the feelings of already letting your teammates down or whatnot. But, you know, in those situations, I would remind myself, well, the game's not over. And it's the same thing with the season. How happy would everybody be to see the season end with two wins? I mean, it really would change the entire narrative. You're, mm-hmm. you're yes, having you're right. much yes. different conversations based on the outcome of these next two games. It's six and six or it's eight and four. That's a big difference. Yeah, you're right. And I so, think it's the message behind that eight and four behind the last two wins is that especially from a coaching side of things a correction was made this thing was 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 tanking downhill and it was able they were able to recover and lift it back up and I think it would that and and also it would be going to the players for their ability to do that too adds I think even more weight to it is the principle of them being able to recover so what happens if they don't recover what do we, what do we, what do we, what I do think, we, where do we go from there? Though? I think if, if they can't recover, I think a lot's on the line for Dino here and I love Dino, but I think a lot's on the line for him in these last two games. I, I think he's here next year, no matter what happens in these last two. So games. we're talking about him being potentially six and zero, being a coach of the year. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they continue to win, you know, that would have been definitely a talk to now a possibility losing the last six games. And now it's back to square one. We're looking for a coach possibly him getting fired and maybe not I don't even necessarily mean I mean a lot on the line in terms of what people think that this coaching staff is capable of I think that writing the ship shows people that you have that capability to turn a, a season that has tanked for just a, a portion of it around which is a hard thing to do I understand that that's why but, I have expectations that they can do it because you look at they, they are an experienced crew well, I mean, they can do it. Tony White's I mean, in his third year. Robert and I, very experienced. Jason Beck has been around for a bit here. And then you have Dino Babers, of course. And so to me, to me, the, the experience is there. But can they, can they capitalize? Because I think they, will they. they have the pieces to do it. And uh, Garrett gave such a great soundbite after the game. You know, because people were asking what, what needs to change. And, and some of the answers from the players were they, they don't know. And it's a tough spot to be in when your answer is you're two not games sure left. what's going on. <laughs> but Garrett said... You know, of course, alluding to this unspecified injury of his, and that they need to find the balance of working to their strengths and working to what they're good at now. Basically, saying, I don't have my legs. I don't have my legs to run, and it's throwing everything off. And why we didn't see those full adjustments made, why that doesn't tell you that you should have a, a Garrett or a Sean Tucker game having 20 carries when your quarterback really can't run. It changes things up. Dino Baber is also saying, you know, also saying, sometimes it's it's time to do something different. And this is it. And Garrett Trader actually gave me some very encouraging news when we talked to him. Basically, saying it's it's the healthiest he's been in this stretch, and this is the first time in which he's able to do those things that he wasn't able to do before. Not saying without saying. I'm gonna be good. To, I'm gonna be good, and I'm feeling good enough to run this game. I asked him what, what's what's been changing. A part of that is just time. Time is helping it, and he says he's like I've been practicing, but not practicing. And and that that to me was interesting, and in that it seemed like he really was just trying to keep his weight completely off it. And his soundbite here, 
I think fans fans will enjoy because he he wants people to to buy in and he's feeling good about this week. I think this is our week to get back on track and uh, you know I, I really do mean that sincerely and those guys know that too. So so I, just because I feel like I'm feeling he- healthy, you know, I'll be able to go out and do some stuff that I haven't been able to. So what do you think about that? I, I think that's great with um you know him uh, feeling a lot more healthier and stuff like that. But it's not just about Schrader. Mm-hmm. It's the whole team. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the way down to the special teams, you know, uh, penalties. You know, it, it's a lot of a lot of stuff they have to overcome in the next two weeks, you know, to uh, get back on some, you know, in the right direction. Um, can they do it? Yeah, they can do it, but it's just not looking favorable for them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely inspires some confidence within me, but a multifaceted problem requires multiple solutions. So we'll see about that. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. And speaking of, of, of Wake Forest, again, we're walking us through a, a, a team that is in a similar situation, not as bad, because they are on this three-game skid. However, the latest was a 36-34 loss to UNC. So, for one, they're scoring some touchdowns. That's, a, that's yeah. step numero uno, and they're doing that. They lost to North Carolina State by nine, and then they were killed by Louisville three weeks ago that that completely threw me for a loop um, with the way the Cardinals have been able to kind of recover here um, but again they they're they're an interesting team Sam Hartman's back in at quarterback they have an old line that's been around here for a while but everything I'm reading from the Demon Deacon side of things is that they've been making some really silly mistakes sometimes that we've seen from our O line um, so there's a there's a lot of questions in terms of what is happening on this skit for them guys that are very talented at their position, getting out play coaches, getting out coached and out schemed. And I'm going to open it up to you guys because it's predictions. I'm interested to hear what you have to say when they go down to North Carolina this Saturday. You can start out, Samantha. All right. Well, again, we look at the history. Syracuse leads the all-time series six to five. Demon Deacons won the last two meetings. Last year, Wake Forest came away with that 40 to 37 win in overtime. Classic overtime game. SU's last win came in 2019, 39-30 win. Troll Williams. At the then Carrier Dome. But when I look at, I know that both of these teams have faced some losses recently, and I don't normally say this, but I feel like the loss that Wake Forest had to UNC was a good loss, if that makes sense. Like, it was a, it was a tight loss. It was, it was a well-fought game. A lot of the pieces were together, um, an unfortunate interception and some other mistakes. But as you said, it's silly mistakes, which to me seems fixable. Whereas on the Syracuse side of things, as we've discussed, I think there's a deeper problem. They're away. I'm going Wake Forest 31-21. I think that Syracuse will be able to get some more points on the board, especially after hearing what Garrett Schrader said. I really don't think he'd say those things unless he truly believed them and had the, confid- the confidence back that's required to run the ball a little more and whatnot. Um, but I don't think they're going to be able to overcome this Wake Forest team with the way they've been playing, and that's all I can go off of. James? I've been thinking hard about this, and 
Syracuse has, has not shown me they they can score points mm-hmm. um, in the past couple games. I mean, they, they, their offense has been really bad. And unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with Wake. Unfortunately, I have to say Wake. I think uh, Syracuse, there's too many problems, like uh, Sam was saying. Uh, don't want to really piggyback off you, but there's a lot more, I think, internal issues with the, the whole offense and the whole Syracuse squad. Um, so I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to uh, pull this one off, especially you know, being on the road as well. All right. Producer Brendan, who once again is on fire. He's 8-1 and one this year. Damn. And guess what? He came the closest in terms of projection because he had Florida State 35, Syracuse 17. So gave Syracuse a little bit too much love there, but pretty close with, uh, with FSU there, Hodges. Well, thank you, Tommy. Not that I'm excited about it. James, did you have a score, by the way? I, I know you don't like giving I, you know, scores. I was, I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> I thought I got away with it. I honestly thought I, I need thought it for I the like, web <laughs> article, man. I need it for the web article. And, you know, I was really disappointed after seeing the one and four. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> I can't do it in my heart no more. I yeah. got to really just tell the fans. Uh, what you're feeling. Honestly, what I feel. You know, I mean, I can't go with my heart anymore. Um, you just can't do it. I mean, I'm not going to put myself in a bigger hole. I think what's going to happen is be something like uh, 28-10. Okay. 20-10. Okay. All right. All right. My turn, I guess. By the yeah, way, um, so three of us picked Florida State to win last week. You can guess who didn't based upon James' last uh, last monologue there. Um, I look at this as – Wake Forest's strength against Syracuse's strength, quote-unquote, SU still one of the better pass defenses in the nation somehow. Um, but Wake Forest runs that funky like half-speed like speed RPO where Sam Hartman and whoever's in it running back kind of walk towards the line of scrimmage, daring a defense to come up. I think Wake Forest it's deep shots on SU's defense because of that. SU does get better. They fix some issues, but it's just not enough. I actually have them covering at 30-24 Wake Forest. 30-24 Wake, okay. Dang, that's it's eerily similar to me. The, uh, the receiving threat is, is an issue, but then again, I look at any team that Syracuse is playing right now and can tell you that it doesn't matter who's in it running back, they're automatically a threat because they haven't been able to stop it. I mean, I, I still look back to the pick game, and you had their starting running back, and you know, right before the game announced that he's not even playing, and then... Backup rolls in there, my bad, and uh, you know puts up one thirty on him. So any any running game is a threat until I see otherwise. But the receiving scares me. Um, it's hard to forget At Perry's name. He's the one that caught that overtime touchdown in the game last year. He was an absolute menace um, for the Syracuse team to defend. And it all comes down to whether or not this Tony White defense can disrupt Sam Hartman. Because if he has time, like we've seen these other quarterbacks doing, where these, this three-man rush and they're not sending that fourth guy in from the linebackers or the secondary, is they have all the time in the world to do their thing. We saw what Jordan Travis was able to do even when he was getting pressured at times. So more than anything, it's if they want a any type of shot at this, they have to get to Hartman because he will find a way to, to work this offense in. So taking Wake Forest 38 Syracuse 34. It's in the 30s. I'm staying in the 30s and keeping them covering. I think this offense does score. And partially, I look at the Wake and say that they have some issues of their own on defense. But it's Wake at the end of the day. Can I just say real quick, James? Yes. Asking a question to you, you mentioned SU's schedule was like, 
I guess, front-loaded with easier teams. Where do you put Purdue and Virginia into that then? Because those weren't gimmies. I mean, we may have thought they were gimmies, maybe Virginia, but Purdue's a good team. So I don't think that it was front-loaded with cupcakes. Forget UConn-Wagner. I'm sorry, Husky and Seahawk fans. You're not necessarily up to snuff with the ACC. And that's that's the whole thing. Like, okay, we we played a couple good teams like that, but you have to – you have to, I mean, if you want to get good, you want to play against the best. I mean, and that's how I've always felt. Like, if you want to be a top contender in, in, any, in anything in life, you want to go against the best. Um, and, you know, uh, in the ACC, the ACC schedule, like, you know, with Florida State, you know, those, those guys are some big names. You know, Purdue, is, you know, it's a big name, but it's not like Florida State. Uh, and, you know, going with Wake and, you know, um, the other teams we were going to be facing, we, we faced. But it's – you have to be competitive each week, each week, and you want to get better each week. And they did good in the first six weeks, but you, it's all about the finish. Everything's about the finish. Like, I mean, what are you playing the sport for? You're playing the sport to go to a good bowl game, not going to a, a, a terrible bowl game out in the cold. You, you want to go to a place where the sun's at. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's just scheduling and, and loading up in the beginning of the season in terms of ACC, Brendan, because I'm looking over at the schedule right now, and yes, they had Louisville week one, but it was them and Virginia. And so you have two ACCs in the first, two conference games in the first five. I know that's not out of the ordinary, but if, if, if you have this, this program that, that's struggling down the stretch and struggling to, to finish out the season and, and having a hard time in November, if you're if you're starting off hot, put your conference games in the beginning, right? Yeah, good point. If that, if that's I, I hear the case. you. I hear and you. Maybe and maybe that maybe that ends up helping us. Who I, knows? I hear you. I, and, and it could backfire too, as well. Oh, it I mean, could totally backfire. Totally, you know. Then then <laughs> that'll be you know. Now think they about have a slow start. <laughs> now think about that. Slow now start, if they're zero and, and five, zero and six, and then finish the last six games, <laughs> you know, then it's like, oh yeah, they they're, 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 they, they got better. Great. Yeah. They Tremendous. got better. Well, think of so it. It's recency bias. Think of it this way: SU's one and zero against teams that wear black and gold this season. So who knows? Maybe. Maybe those odds have something to do with it. Too. I like the numbers. I, or I like the colors. I like that, Brendan. Trivia time. Let's do it. As always, question for the opponent first. Wake Forest shares the state of North Carolina according to the North Carolina Collegiate Sports Information Association. 17 other Division I schools. They've played six in a football game. They're App State, Davidson, Duke, East Carolina, North Carolina State, and UNC. They have a winning record against two of them. Name both. I think I would have liked the question of who are the six schools. I think we would have actually had a shot at that. Um, two can winning you, Can you say them again? Yeah, the say schools? them again. App State, uh, Appalachian State, Davidson, Duke, East Carolina, North Carolina State, and North Carolina Chapel Hill, or North Carolina as known in popular culture. I'm going to go ahead and say let, let's rule UNC out right now. Um, because I'm just looking at like who's been better in the ACC, and I it's it's until Dave Clawson got there. I put that down twice. Okay, so I don't. Uh, it, it could be, I, would, I would eliminate Duke as well. I, but Duke was they, really they, they bad. Were they were real bad for a while. They were, they were bad, but they got better. But they got better when uh, Daniel Jones was there. They got better. And so that would have been better. kind of the start of the ACC. So let's keep Duke in for now. Um, Davidson feels like a Brendan trap, doesn't it? Yeah. Everything feels like a Brendan trap. <laughs> the the answer is going to be UNC. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, 
I think we, feeling, I think we checkmark like, Duke. I think I'm we feeling, checkmark Duke. I'm feeling Duke. like we say Duke just because if not, then we got – it feels like a trap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the rest? Crapshoot. Pick them. I would say East Carolina. Okay. We'll go with it. Duke and East Carolina. <coughs> you guys really got something to get basketball schools. Like it, It's not Duke. Uh, East Carolina is one of them, though. All yeah. right. I, I, I picked that, so I just got <laughs> James, James gets a dub. Carrying you guys, as always. Uh, uh, the, the other is it one. Davidson? It is not Davidson. No, I, I knew it. Yeah, it I knew it. Davidson was the trap. Yeah, Davidson, Davidson was, was the trap. trap. <laughs> it is, surprisingly, Appalachian State. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's Wake you know Forest what? four and one all time against the Mountaineers, six and one all time against the Pirates. Um, East Carolina, huh? James shines in trivia. He does. Anyway, getting lucky. <laughs> Just getting lucky. You you know a lot, man. Don't say you're getting lucky. Anyway, uh, SU question. Um, other than Wake Forest, uh, we obviously know that SU leads the all time series with Wake Forest six to five. Other than Wake Forest, how many other North Carolina based teams do the Orange have a winning record against? So we mentioned there's we mentioned there's seventeen, right? Well, uh, okay. So uh, again, they've only played some of them. I, I will tell you, it's not a lot, because some of these schools are like North Carolina Central, Gardner Webb. They don't have a football team, so like, it, it is one of those six that I mentioned. Five really, because Wake's already out of it. Okay, that they have a winning record against, right? Yes, Appalachian State. App State, do, have we even played App State? Is, that's the question there. So I feel like and, uh, NC State, we should have a winning record. Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't think so, though. I don't know. I know the times we played, we got, we got, we got beat. Yeah. I feel like I'm like trying to, you know, Duke and Syracuse isn't a game in football that I can even like envision mm-hmm. in my head. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that. That is possible. East Carolina, did you guys ever play? Yeah, we played East Carolina. East Carolina? East Carolina played. Did you beat them? No, we didn't beat them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at, oh, actually, you, you uh, I'm looking at the 2001 year right behind James. And right I, like, I literally <laughs> see East Carolina right East on there. Carolina. I keep forgetting their like, well, little you bits and pieces of year. history. You beat them that year 44 to 30. That was at home. Yeah. Because we, um, you know, some mixing up the schools. I'm thinking of NC State. NC State, they beat us down in NC State. East Carolina, we beat them at home. Yeah. Okay. Would he do it twice? Would he have East Carolina? Well, would you twice? like the choices again just so you can like have them down? Sure. Well, I was trying to look at Samantha's so uh, sheet, but she there, scribbled all of it. You had, you, <laughs> yeah, I know. He was like, <laughs> thank you for all that. So the options <laughs> again the one were right now. The, those six teams I gave you were Appalachian State, Davidson, Duke, East Carolina, North Carolina State, North Carolina. Those were the six from the last question, and those are really the six that like could be an answer here. Hmm. A bit handwriting. I want an answer from all of you here too. No more team all right. answers. All right, fine. No, no team answer here. Why? I love working as a team. <laughs> Sam, you've been getting carried for the past. Let me check my watch here. That's eight whoa. weeks. Whoa, 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 That's whoa, why whoa, I like whoa, whoa, whoa. How dare you, Brendan? Tommy, you were the one at the beginning of the season who said we needed a scoreboard for this game. Okay, too. fine. I'm, I'll go by myself, and this is the one I get right. And my final answer is one. One. Okay. We one. have a winning record against one team. Yeah, well, the question was how many other oh, North okay. Carolina-based teams they have a winning record against. I would say zero. I, I'm going to say 
two, just because I feel like out of ECU, Duke, UNC, that we maybe have one of those. And then to me, there's I, I almost feel like there's maybe like a Davidson that we played in the beginning of the year, and it's like one and up. So let's go with let's go with the what did I say two? two. Yeah, yeah. Okay, geez, short term memory loss. You know what's wild about this? What? Sam gave me attitude for making her like go again like against you two, and she was the only one who got the question right. Bang! <laughs> Bang! Wait, wait, wait. Right who did she pick? Who did she, she pick? She said right one. Now. She said one. She is on camera. She is. Fl- <laughs> <laughs> she she is no. So I, the, the question wasn't who. And you all said that I'm getting carried. You're wrong. Y- you were getting carried. That was very Harley Quinn of you right there. Well, um, but I, no, I was, that was close. No, you said zero. Every, was everyone was close. Everyone was close. Anyway, um, so the one is East Carolina. Bang. So I was, I was, I would, I, I would, I would have said East Carolina. Start. I would have said East Carolina though. This is. My, I was actually this. the one that brought them up and created that foundation. <laughs> oh fun, fun fact. So. Fun fact. The last time that SG played East Carolina, two thousand one. Yeah. And no um, way. So we, now, Tommy, you are close. <laughs> SU's, I literally had the answer right there. SU's series with North Carolina is tied at three apiece. Okay, I feel a little so, bit better about that. So you're close. James was way off. Let me just be real about that. Okay. Uh, 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 one game? <laughs> one team? It could, it, could be, it could be too soon. Anyway, I'm going to check out here. You guys can finish up now. All right, there we go. That's the Orange Zone Podcast. Thank you for watching. Make sure you subscribe to CMY Central for more content. So we will have you covered with a recap this weekend, and we'll be right back here for a brand-new Wednesday show. For Samantha Cross and James Mungro, Brendan Hodges, I'm Tommy Sladak. We're out of here. Peace, Sam. A nice little, nice little flex for the camera, man. <laughs> you also got that trivia. See you later. Later. Bye.